the Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 153 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your day to spend with us. You can catch us on Twitter, X. Uh, I'm at Justin Hughes 365. Andrew is at AMCQ82. And the Baseball Podcast official Twitter account is at Baseball365Pod. All right, Andrew's first NFBC draft is complete. And today we're going to be talking about it. And I'm excited to get to talking about basically the first complete draft that he has now done this offseason. First of what will probably be like, what, one, 35, Andrew? 35? <laughs> You're going to do over under 35? No, no, not that many. I, I don't know. I don't know how many it will end up being. Probably, probably close to 20, if I had to guess. Right around there. I, I almost said 25 trying to be ridiculous, but I felt like I was a little too close there because I think you said, weren't you in 23 this year or 21? 21, but four, <laughs> but four of them are dynasty, and it was about the right number. Like, mm-hmm. I think it'll be probably within one or two of that. So okay. either way. So, yeah, something like that. So before we get into the draft, uh, you came within one game of the NLCS, um, one game seven, that is, from nailing every single series win from the division series all the way through the league championship series. So congrats on a great run there because, man, that was close. Yeah, a lot of luck, but <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, it was good. It was it was quite the quite the run there. I mean, yeah, and so either way, we got Arizona versus Texas – Going into the World Series, you know, we're partway through the game one here. It's not over yet. Been a good back and forth. Looks seems like it's been a fun game. I watched the beginning and then was getting my daughter to bed. But um, we made our World Series picks before the game began. So who do you got and how many games? Yeah, I wanted to message you before it started because I knew once we were recording, it'd be during the game. But I, I took Texas in five. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I... I just think they have advantages pretty much across the board, but Arizona's pesky and they're man, they're already showing it off tonight with their how much they've been running. I think they've got three or four steals in this game already. Wow. So yeah, they're gonna they may be a tough out. I don't know. But yeah, my official pick was Texas in five, so I'm not gonna not gonna change that based on a few innings, but Man, I went Texas in six. Um I saw your message and I'm like Oh shoot! I haven't even thought about who I'm picking yet. Like I kind of, I think I, I think I'd already come on Texas winning, but I hadn't thought about how many games. And I was like, man, I might have said five. Uh, maybe I would. I, I like I was back and forth between five and six, but I was like, you know, just to be different, I'm gonna go six. But it's one of those that I, I would have guessed five or six because they, they do seem like the deeper offense. And but I mean. October, you never know. And uh, like yep. like we said, as we're recording right now, Arizona's winning, so we'll see. Yeah. All right, let's talk about your draft. Um, why don't you fill some people in It's uh, on this draft and hold. It's a standard 5x5, five five, correct? Yeah, standard 5x5, five five, uh, batting average, and saves. Yeah. We- yeah, it's, uh, there's, an, there's an overall... 
So you play like your league and then there's a, an overall, there's probably going to wind up being, I forget how many were in the overall last year. I want to say like 3,500 teams, maybe. I mean, this is the most, this format is the one on NFBC that is the most widely played because they pretty much just, they run this format from now until the season starts, you know, uh, slow drafts and then fast drafts at the end. So, yeah. 3,500 leagues? No, teams. Teams. 3,500 teams. Yeah, right around, give or take. I mean, it may not be exactly that, but I think this year, that this past season, that's about what it was. I don't think I'd ever really heard that number, uh, and especially comparing that to the main event, which had how many in it? Yeah, way less. Yeah. That's like 795 or something like that, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, there's just way way more leagues of this. It's smaller buy-in and more people play it. Uh, easy it's also easier to play a lot of these because they're draft and holds mm-hmm. so people people will literally play there i mean there's guys that play 20 of these you know our buddy Just, chris winders always says it kind of counts as a half of a league when it's a draft and yeah hold. yeah um bi-weekly lineups um or weekly twice yeah, uh, twice a week for hitters. So anybody in the Rotomasters League is familiar, but Monday through Thursday hitting and Friday through Sunday, uh, you can sub your hitters on Friday and then weekly pitching. Okay. So Monday Monday through Sunday. Um, no fab. It's just you know 50 rounds. Keep your full roster for the whole year. Uh, injuries play a big part, as anybody that's played draft and holds know. But yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it. Okay. And you ended up with pick number seven. Uh, how did you do, like, what was your strategy with your KDS? What did you do with this being your first one? Yeah, I generally have a rule with my very first KDS. I just leave it one through 15. Okay. Because I, yeah, I don't, I I play with it for sure as the offseason goes on. Like, for example, I, I just started the sec, a second draft. And I put seven as my last choice because mm-hmm. I, I just don't want to pick in the same spot, at least this early. I want to see what it's like from different spots and figure out where I like to draft from and all of that. But, um, yeah, I just left it at one through 15 and I got seven. Okay. Um, before we get into the picks, um, I guess there's one other thing to mention and that's as you're like this early on, uh, there's no ADP, is there? No, they actually, they actually do show some ADP now on the site. There, it shows four drafts. If you, um, oh really, on the NFC yeah, ADP site? Yeah, if you just you have to go to 2023 and it just shows four drafts. Okay. Um, and I, I, I would think there's been more that have finished, but it's starting to pop up. Uh, but when this draft was going on, no, the the draft room is essentially what it was before the season. And if anybody gained eligibility during the year, like Mookie, for example, he did show up as second base outfield, but it's because he had it, you know, in season. But like the rankings are still still jacked, you know, like Ellie's way, way, way down. And obviously he's going to be higher once they, I think they reset the draft room, like after the playoffs. Okay. Because they used to not start any of the leagues until after the playoffs, but now they've done it 
right when the regular season ends because they just know guys want to draft. But the caveat is that, well, if you want to draft with this draft room, go ahead. At least that's like the feeling I get. I don't know, but it's fine. If you want to do it, you just do it. You know, it's kind of fun because, like I said before, it's a little bit of the wild, wild west. It's just, especially when you get to a certain point, the beginnings easier but you get a little further down the board and it's it's kind of chaos so it's yeah. kind of fun you're in the dark and you're kind of set you're starting to set it basically yeah all right uh, i'm not going to read through every one of these rounds but through the first round and i think the second round i've got them all listed off and we'll we'll at least read them off um uh, have you posted this to baseball 365 or are you going to be posting this first full draft i did board? Yeah, I posted the first four rounds, and then I posted in a comment the first, I think it was 15 rounds. Yeah. Maybe it was 10. It was 10 or 15. Uh, but I didn't post the whole draft board, no. I can I can do that. It might be a good idea to do it. Maybe even, I don't, I don't know if you want to make your own or put it on whenever I'm going to do my typical post where I post the podcast and maybe in the comments yeah. there even. Yeah, yeah, I'll put it in the comments there once you post the podcast. Okay, so let's look at this. Um, first overall pick, Ronald Acuna. No surprise there. Mookie Betts, Bobby Witt Jr., Corbin Carroll went fourth, Aaron Judge fifth, Spencer Strider sixth. You took, with your first pick, Julio Rodriguez at seven. Tatis Jr. went eighth, T- Kyle Tucker ninth, Freddie Freeman tenth, uh, Trey Turner guy who I remember us talking in August didn't look like a first rounder he's in the first round of this draft after a strong finish and great playoffs by the way uh at 11 show uh Jose Ramirez at 12 Shohei Otani at 13 Juan Soto at 14 and Matt Olson at 15 so your first pick is Julio here was he who you were expecting to get at seven once you knew where you were landing and thinking about who you might take no, I wouldn't say I was expecting it. I I wasn't really sure. I, I kind of, especially in these early drafts, I've just, I mean, I'm always playing with my queue. Like I always put guys in my queue. I'm this many picks away. I have this many guys in my queue. Play around with it. Um, and I, I mean, I even do that in the first and second round, you know. But I didn't think I would get Julio at seven. I mean, I would probably take Julio anywhere from like two to four, two to five. And yeah, I was happy to get him at seven when it was at six. I had a few guys kind of in a cluster and told myself I'm going to take Julio, but I thought he would just go six, Mm -hmm. you know, and he didn't. And you just never know. I mean, everybody's trying different builds. And I mean, I don't even it's not like I think Strider's a bad pick. You know, it's just um, hard to know exactly. I'm not sure what I would have done if Julio went six. But probably one of those guys that went shortly after him. Yeah. But yeah, I was I was happy to get him seven. I think most drafts Julio's going higher than seven. But, you know, it's obviously splitting hairs with guys at the very top. I agree. I think that's near the low end of what like his range will be typically in most drafts this next year. Uh, yeah, Aaron Judge, that one kind of jumps out to me. Do you have any sticker shock like looking through these first 15? Anybody really jumped out to you as looking at him? No, I, 
I mean, I think most of these guys, the first, uh, the, in the draft that I, I just started, the second one, the first 14 picks, or no, I guess I was going to say the first 14 picks were the same, but in different order. Mm-hmm. But no, that's not actually not true. It's the first 12. So, but I don't think it's, I mean, the order of them, like I, yeah, I was surprised to see Judge go five. Um, I certainly wouldn't take him there. Not that he can't return value there. He clearly could, but that and Otani at 13, I was a little surprised only because of, I just feel like there's uncertainty right now that you don't have to mess with. And I mean, some would say that's a steal there, which it obviously could be easily. It's nothing to do with Otani, the player. It's just the fact that your first round pick and it's this early in the off season. I I do think he's probably going to wind up fine. So I may be on him like later in the off season, even if it costs more, but right now I'm just kind of, I don't know. I'm not too into it that early. I don't think. Yeah. Those are the two that jumped out to me. I mean, Otani's one I think I'm going to be way off on this year. If if he's a first round pick, I I highly doubt I'll be touching him. Then it's like there's the uncertainty, like you're saying, and I just get a little nervous seeing hitters coming back from Tommy John surgery, even just because I I saw some just recent performances where the power seemed to be slow to respond. And yeah, I don't I I was talking with our buddy Lucas Beery. I think about him. I think it was him I was talking to, or I was. Yeah, like, I remember. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. Was that in the podcast? Oh, yeah, yeah. it was in the podcast. Here I am thinking yeah. I was talking privately with him about it. So, yeah, I think I'm going to be off of Otani in the first round, but most everybody else, pretty good, more in like great picks, and I could look dumb with Otani, even with that said. Um, yeah, I really, I really like. I don't know if he'll go here consistently, but I really like Jose Ramirez at twelve. Mm-hmm. Um. And even Freeman at ten, like those two, Such I would probably, yeah, I would probably take both of them higher. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I mean, it's pretty standard mostly. I think with what you're going to see, other than you know maybe it shook up a little bit, but Cunha number one, and then after that, I think it's kind of take your pick guy. your guy. Yep. Yeah. And and I think right now, if I was picking. I said this earlier today, but I, if I was picking two, three, four, and I had like back-to-back drafts where I was in that range, I'd probably take one guy in one draft and a different guy in the other just to, just to mix it up and not have too much of one guy at the very top. You know, once my opinions get a little more firm, like later in the off season, I may be more on somebody specific, but yeah, I think. I think this early and especially if you're drafting volume, like a lot of teams, you just, you don't want to get burned by, Oh, I have to take this guy too, because he's my number two guy. When, unless you have a really good reason to me, it's just splitting hairs. I mean, a lot of these guys. All right, let's move into the second round here. Uh, only other one, like I said, I'm going to go with the full round. Uh, 16th overall went Bryce Harper and then Garrett Cole, 17. Francisco Lindor, 18. Jordan, Jordan Alvarez, 19. Corbin Burns, 20. Uh, 21 was Seeger, then Luis Robert. Ellie De La Cruz went the pick before you when you took Austin Riley. Emmanuel Classe, 
26 was Rafael Devers, Marcus Simeon, Ozzie Albies, Zach Wheeler, and Pete Alonzo closes out the second round. I feel like this is the easiest question I'm going to ask about this draft, but I'm going to bet you were planning on taking Ellie in the second if he won another pick, right? Yeah, I think oh, so. There was yeah. at least a hesitation. Yeah, I was. I, I think I was. I mean, it was kind of a group there, but yeah, I probably would have. I probably would have taken him. Your yeah. first draft. He's your guy. I, I just kind of felt like I'm like, I, eh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, don't put that on me. I'm, I'm not, not sure he's that guy. Yet? No, no. Okay. I'm not saying he isn't. I'm just like, I, I don't know about that. The paperwork's been started, but hasn't been completed yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I see both sides of it. I really do. Okay. I, I definitely like him, but I wouldn't, I, would, I don't know if I'd say he's my guy. I mean, he's probably a guy I'm going to draft and have a few shares of, but it's not like I'm going all in on him in the second round. I don't think anyways. All right. So you ended up with Austin, Austin Riley. You have any comments on that guy specifically? Uh, I was, it was actually pretty clear to me. I, I was kind of, I guess I could have went Devers too. either one mm-hmm. of them. That was pretty close, but yeah, just tons of run production and four category stud. You know, I like filling third. I don't, I don't really love third base later. Um, hence why you liked Jose or Ramirez at least in the first two. Yeah. Or at least I didn't too much last year, which I'll admit part of doing this is this early is figuring out who's qualifying, where, where your drop-offs are, where you're wanting to target each position. Um, maybe, maybe I, maybe I'll end up liking third base a little bit more this season than I did last, but yeah, I, I felt like he's a safe rock solid pick that could end up producing like a first rounder too. So, um, yeah, I was happy with Riley. I was hoping. I just went back to the NFBC site. You said something that just triggered me going to look to see if the positions were updated over on that NFBC ADP for the four drafts. And nope, I still see Mookie Betts no. with shortstop and so with Fernando Tatis. Yeah. So just a warning, yeah. if you go check out the website, the positions still are not updated. So Yeah, I, I would think and within like the next week or two, it will be. Yeah. Anybody else jump out to you from that second round? Uh, if I'm on if I'm on the end of the draft, like 14, 15, and Garrett Cole's there, mm-hmm. I'm hit. I'm t- I'm doing that every time. Mm-hmm. Um, there actually wasn't. There probably wasn't too many more hitters that I would have taken over him that went after me. But there was a few, but. Um, I have no issues with Cole anywhere in the first and getting him in the second is it's ridiculous to me. So yeah, I like that. And yeah, I mean, Ellie's an, Ellie's going to be an obvious talking point this off season, just because it's going to be people in both camps, yep. which I, I get, I totally get that. And yeah, no, I mean, other than that, not really. I think, Anything stick out to you? No, not really. Uh, what you just said about Cole, I did want to circle back. He went 11 picks after Spencer Strider and three before Corbin Burns. Actually, I have one other thing. 
And yeah, he belongs a lot closer to Spencer Strider than Corbin Burns or any other number three pitcher that goes in there. But the big thing that jumps out to me, just thinking about the previous few years of drafting, and I'll like I have said, I was I got into back like I fell back into fantasy baseball really late in the draft season this off season. I mean, it was the end of January. And I know pitching was going a little later then too, but compared to two like twenty twenty one drafts, it amazes me that there are five starting pitchers and one reliever going in the first two rounds, and that's it. That just wasn't the case at that time. Yeah, yeah, and that won't that won't be the case. I don't think come spring. Oh, you don't think I mean, so? It, no, it pitching in NFBC leagues. It like slowly moves up and when you get to the end zach wheeler will probably be going at the wheel yeah like it's just they it moves up like crazy and you kind of have to make that call of like i'm either gonna take the hitters that fall and be short on pitching or i'm gonna take the pitching is that because pitchers like as we get further into the offseason we get more and more injury things as pitchers are showing up and all of a sudden they're they're getting delayed or injured in spring training uh, and everything else. Is it that or I don't know. I don't I don't think it's so much that as it just is it's such a clear edge to have these top end aces. I mm-hmm. mean, like when you're when you're down here at fourteen, um, like the guy at fourteen went Soto Cole. To me, if I want Cole, I'm just taking him at fourteen and then taking whatever bat at seventeen. Because these bats are all very similar, unless unless he just and you know maybe to him Soto was not a cut above, which I'm not necessarily disagreeing. But if you know you want to employ that strategy, why wouldn't you just take Cole first? You know, mm-hmm. and people start doing that, like like in my draft that I just started. I think Cole went like 11 or something, and I could just feel that guy saying, you know what, I'm going to get a bat in the second round what does it matter? I might as well just take my ace now. Yeah. Um, and th- those, th- it just happens. I mean, the, I don't like, I said, or like you said, there's four or five starters that went here Four, I guess. Right. Yeah. Strider, Cole Burns and Wheeler. Yep. Before the end of the second and then class a as well. But that number, that number will definitely be higher as the offseason moves on. And the, and I think the closers will move up too because even like these high-end closers besides Class A, they I feel like they went at like a really fair spot. And that the closer is more draft dependent. It, it cuz there's some drafts where it, it it just starts and it doesn't stop. Yeah. And like they just keep going and keep going and it's like, "Oh my god, how do I yeah take so-and-so here you know but you kind of have to or else you're just left behind Mm -hmm. it's you have to adapt to the draft so that's one thing to be aware of if you're doing nfbc draft and with the closer runs it they get crazy they didn't in this draft but they do yes i've definitely seen plenty of those drafts where that happens yeah all right rounds three through six here uh just looking at now we're just highlighting your picks uh or at least the ones I'm going to be reading off. Uh, Zach Gallon was your third round pick, so that's your first starting pitcher, and you turn right around with Camilo Duvall. Uh, got a closer, Paul Goldschmidt as your fifth round pick, and Yuri Perez 
then that is one of your boys. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not you. you the paperwork's yeah, you, been signed yeah, you can, that Yuri yeah, you Perez is your that. guy. So you, you can say that you take two starting pitchers and one closer in those four picks, and one bat being safe Paul Goldschmidt. And like I said, you got your guy Yuri in the first draft. Um, with these four picks, was there somebody you really wanted that went? Actually, no. Before I get to that question, I got ahead of myself there. But just your thoughts on these four picks. Uh, when I took Gallon, I was hoping for well, Gosman and Castillo went right in front. I'm pretty sure I would have taken either one of them. Definitely would have taken Gosman. And the other the other thing that I could have done was taken Hader. Uh Hader was probably my pick if it wasn't Gallon. Mm. And then taking a starter in round four. But looking at the board, I think I like what I did better because I don't think I, w- I wouldn't have liked the starter as much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I definitely wanted. I like getting a closer early, especially, you know, and everybody has different opinions on this. This is mine. To win a competitive league, you have to be able to compete in saves. And I'm just not personally comfortable with waiting and waiting, punting, whatever you want to call it. I mean, um, yeah, you know, you can wait forever and get lucky and hit on a reliever that winds up getting 25 saves. And it's great. You know, everybody wants to do that. This just in, you know, but there's also a lot of guesswork that goes into that. And I would just prefer to not have to deal with that guesswork. Like if you hit, it's great. But if you don't, you're you're kind of stuck. And it, it sucks. It can take a while for some of those later guys to get the role and all of that stuff. So I don't really like screwing around with saves. I'd rather find bats later, find starters later, and just take care of my saves. So I feel like I did that pretty well. Um, I was hoping to get Edwin Diaz in round four there. I was going to a little bit ahead of taking him over Duvall. Yeah. Yeah, I would have, um, but I was fine with Duvall. I didn't want to wait again and then be even further back. So, but yeah, I was happy. Goldschmidt. Um, I kind of look at Goldschmidt as a guy that just isn't going to kill me. Yep. Like I don't, you know, I, I'm not and used I still, to you making a pick like that there. That one kind of felt yeah, odd. I, but I'm, I was in I was in that spot and I just was like, how does Goldschmidt like how do I hate this pick? And I no. I remember even talking it out with somebody and I'm just like I'm not gonna hate this pick. There's just no way, you know? Um and Yeah, then, and just yeah, to say that, hold up to interrupt, the next three bats that go in that draft like are Christian Yelich, Cedric Mullins, Royce Lewis. And I could see how somebody could hate one of those picks like come next year between injuries and, you know, everything else. Yeah. Goldschmidt seems so much safer than those guys. I tell you, and I should mention this, but Royce Lewis went 74 in this draft. I wouldn't be surprised if that's like his max for the whole offseason. He is. I, I couldn't. I mean, 
I I'm not really ready to take him super super high, but he's going higher than to this. And yeah, in every pretty much every draft. And there I, might I be a lot sh- of people that hate that pick by June whenever yeah. he's had like yeah, it's very possible. Yeah, seventeen at bats. I'm not saying that that's likely. I'm not even saying I wouldn't do it, but I yeah, it's a pick that people could really hate. Goldschmidt's the anti, like the antithesis of like the op, yeah, the what, opposite, what is, yeah. Yeah. He's like the exact opposite of Royce Lewis. Yeah. Uh, so you anything, mentioned some guys. Anything stick out to you from here? Oh, sorry. Go on. No, no, no. I was I'm just wondering so, if anything stuck out. CJ Abrams. That one sticks out. Um, but yeah. Three, I, four, three, four turn. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've talked about not liking his ADP and being off of it. That one jumps out to me when I look, but, uh, you know, I've already beaten that dead horse. Jazz Chisholm going in the middle of fourth. Give, but I, I get it. Like we talked about in the podcast last, I think that was just last week. Um, Nolan Jones as a sixth rounder just kind of seemed shocking to me, but he had a great year. So, I mean, I get it. Yeah. Yamamoto, I was having yeah. a, uh, having a conversation yeah. about that guy with somebody just two, two or three nights ago. He went in the fourth round of a draft he was doing. And, wow. Um, yeah. He's like, I, yeah. I, I I think I'd be willing to try a sixth-round pick on Yamamoto. Well, that that was one where I was... Back and forth? I No. I was shot. I was surprised to see it. But I also had seen it. It uh, I think it was about pick right around pick 100. And this is pick... What, 82, mm-hmm. 83? Something like that. So I wasn't like that floored by it. But if I hadn't seen that previous draft, I probably would have been. If that, you know, mm-hmm. makes any sense. So, yeah, I didn't. Uh, Spencer Steer in round six. I, I won't have any absolutely zero shares of him if that's where he goes. I saw him go later in a previous one. So we'll see on that. I don't mind him as a player, but I just think in round six, you're just taking out all of the all of his upside pretty much there. And I, I've seen other ones too, where he's, well, I saw one where he went later and then, um, somewhere he's gone about that spot. So, yeah. And I think I'm the max on Yuri, believe it or not. I think that's the latest he's gone. So I was happy with that, especially cause I like him. Yeah. He's your son. He's your new adopted <laughs> son. Uh, all right. So round seven through 10, you took O'Neill Cruz, another one of your, who's been along like one of your guys the last year. Um, or two uh, at seventh round. George Springer at eight. Uh, Kenley Jansen. So you got your second closer already in the ninth round, and Dylan Cease in the tenth. Uh, when you draft a guy like O'Neill Cruz, what are you projecting, like statistically, out of him as you're building the rest of your squad? Or are you really even thinking about that right then? Uh, I I think a fair projection for him is call it 20 to 25 homers and around 20 steals. That seems fair. In a full, you know, in a full season. Um, obviously this past year he had the injury, which sucked. I had a ton of him, but I don't, I'm going to be in again. Um, I don't, I don't think that there's, I mean, obviously he had the injuries, was basically working towards coming back and then just didn't, they were out of the race and all that. But 
Yeah, I mean, I don't really see much of a reason to like him less. I think he'll be a little bit cheaper. And I was kind of thinking about this, but like, there's some people that that you know probably look at this pit as risky in round seven. But I hope that those same people don't like Ellie in round two, mm-hmm. because I tell you, I was looking today at just their raw to just their pure like raw tools like i had fan graphs pulled up and just looking at some different things and i i'm not going to say that o'neill cruz is better he isn't ellie's ellie's the better prospect but they are very very similar and i'll give ellie the team context and the ballpark but i i o'neill cruz has more power more raw power um, I don't know. Like it's, I kind of look at that, like that may be my reason for fading Ellie. If I know I can get O'Neill Cruz in round seven, I'll say, I don't this. know. I, I don't think, I don't think he has the stolen base upside quite. You say that, but, you say that, but on the same note, he hasn't played under these new rules yet either. I mean, he only got, right. got in like a week this year, didn't he? Uh, yeah, it was like, it was like April 9th or t- yeah, it was very early in April. I mean, 10 games, maybe who knows he could have been right. Ru- I mean, he was running when he was up in 2022 and yeah. that was under the previous rules. And we've seen some of these guys just blow up in steals and I'm not, I wouldn't rule out him, but he also tore up his knee. So who knows, you know, we'll just have to see, yeah. but I'll say this. I'd much rather have him in the seventh than like CJ uh, again, picking on him, but Abrams in the fourth, I'd much rather have O'Neill Cruz three runs, three rounds later. Personally. Yeah. Yeah. And I would too. And I think that there's also, even though I give the moderate projection for O'Neill Cruz, like, like I said, 20, 25 homers, 20 steals. I think he'll hit at the top of the lineup or close just because mm-hmm. Pittsburgh doesn't have anybody else. He's basically the franchise. I think there's also, though, a gear where he could go next level mm-hmm. from from that even. First like call pick. it, call it, yeah, call it 30 to 35 homers and 20 to 25 steals. And then all of a sudden, you're looking at like a superstar you got in the seventh, you know, because he's coming off injury. I'm not saying that's going to happen for sure. I get there's risk. I get he's volatile. But it just kind of feels like a fair uh, – a fair spot to to go for it so and it's i was drafting him a lot last year a lot last year and it was you know a couple rounds earlier so definitely glad to get him here you talked to me whenever you took kinley in the ninth in the ninth round you got your two closers in the first nine rounds you know why don't you talk about your thought process there i know you were talking about him versus the other closers that were out there at that time yeah yeah i i think i I think I took Kenley as like the 17th or 18th closer off the board, maybe 19th. And it was just, I had kind of a group that I wanted to get one from as my second. And I'll be totally honest. I I didn't want to take Kenley. It wasn't like a fun pick, you know, but it is a DC saves or saves. And it was also kind of a spot where I didn't love anybody else. Like there was a few starters I liked, but I wound up getting one anyways to pick after. Um, so yeah, I was, I almost took him the round before 
and I just couldn't um, couldn't pass on Springer. I was actually between Springer and uh, Seiya Suzuki when I made that pick. Probably if I did it again, I would flip it, take Seiya. I mean, I think that's close, but yeah, I <clears throat> was happy to get Kenley as my second, even though it's like I said, it wasn't a fun pick, but it just does lock in some saves and and then got Cease in round ten, so. Uh, let's see. What was my other thing? Oh yeah. Uh, cease. Um, didn't you say he was the new, Ro- like the new Robbie Ray to you? Like, and, and if, if like for starters, just yes or no. Did you, have you said something like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you yeah, want to explain I've, what that I've means real it, yeah. quick? Well, I, I mostly, I've kind of gone like Robbie Ray's whole career when everybody's fading him, you want to buy and when everybody's buying him, you want to fade. And and mostly just say that because he was always, always good for the case. And then the ratios would get ugly. Everybody would be off. You jump back in. And then the one year he won the Psy. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it, it's been kind of a roller coaster ride. I mean, to be real. And with Cease, I was way off of him last year. I remember there being a post at Baseball 365. Who's your biggest fade? And I, he was my comment. I didn't want, and he had a horrible season, you know, I mean, but even in that horrible season, he had, what was it? 214 strikeouts, um, which isn't nothing these days, 226, 227, 214 the last three years. So I know I'm getting K's with Cease and he's going to pitch every fifth day. It's going to come down to the ratios. I don't, you know, I mean, it could be an ug- another ugly season, but it also – I wouldn't be surprised if it bounces back. He's a talented arm. The guy, Just had a rough had a rough year. I mean, it is – you know, it is what it is. The the pitcher that went three pitches after – pitchers after him – three picks after him, I should say, was Jordan Montgomery. <laughs> and it's just kind of odd to me to see them two going that close to each other. Just it, – it's a little odd to me. And that, I, yeah. Jordan Montgomery is a fine pitcher, but that's just weird. Yeah, I was kind of in a spot there where my group of pitchers when I took Kenley in round nine was Bueller, Bybee, and Cease. And those three, I don't even know how I order them at this exact moment, but they were all there when I took Kenley, and I was hoping I would get one on the way back, and I did. So There you go. Yep. Any other reactions? The other two, the other two had gone, so. Any other reactions from these rounds, um, just from other people? Anybody jump out? Um, I'm looking now. See if anything for me. Josh Josh Lowe was one in round seven where I I kind of thought I would be off of him, and I really considered him. when uh, That was when I took O'Neill Cruz. He went to pick after. I I was definitely thinking about him there. And, but I'm just, I'm not sure yet. Cause I, I have, I have concerns with him too, but, um, Gavin Williams in round 10, I'll definitely have shares of him. I didn't get him here, but kind of good sometimes to just see how other people value him. And then Wyatt Langford that, one that, that was going to be one of mine. I, I mean, yeah, he went the third to last pick in round 10. So pick 148. And I I think it's I think it's only going to go up. Yep, I really do. I agree. I think it's 
I think it's just going to keep going up. I don't think it's going to go crazy, crazy up, but it's going to go up. And I think he probably, if I had to peg it, I think he probably settles in round seven, round eight, something like that. Yeah, he went, and I'll say, you know, we had this conversation a couple months ago, but he went here seven picks before in round 11, Jackson Churio went. I would much rather have Langford than Churio. I just, I, I think I've, I'm fading my opinion on like when Churio is going to be up. I think I'm pushing him down a little further than I was. My stance was two months ago, just reading comments from the GM. Like I, I, I'd much rather have Langford. And it's funny because Langford, like, you know, was just drafted and everything. Churio, then again, actually, Langford's older than Churio too, though. But um, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. I think I I like that pick. Um, the other one that jumped out to me, I wanted to ask your thoughts on uh, Justin Verlander as an eighth rounder. It's kind of weird to see him going yeah. later now, but like, yeah. What are your thoughts on taking him there? Because I really, until recently, when I looked and saw just like his strikeouts per nine, I think they were under eight this year yeah that's yeah scherzer scherzer and verlander Mm. both went in round eight and i remember they were sitting at the top of that draft room and nobody was taking them and i was kind of like trying to i was just kind of trying to debate when to go in and yeah i think it it kind of felt like the right spot it it actually felt a little late but then i also just know that Sometimes when it goes south, it goes south. So I'd I'd rather be the guy getting a discount on guys like that than being too aggressive on them. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like upset that I missed out on them, but I think there's room to to provide value there too. Oh, one other, the Woodruff uh, Woodruff round seven that was before he got hurt. Yeah, but that yeah, that sucks. sucks. Yeah. Would you rather have Verlander or see straight up next year? Um, I think it's pretty close. I think so too, but I think I'd go Cease. You know, Verlander's on... The one thing I should be thinking more about that's not fair because the category just sucks is wins. (laughs) And Verlander is on a much better team. So maybe maybe it is really... It's closer now that I really think about that. I I tend to... I do think you have to think about that too. I mean, I... Yes, it, it's not it's not an exact science. It doesn't just mean because you're on a good team, you're going to get wins. But if you set yourself up for more of that, then, you know, you've got a better shot at them, obviously. Like what, what I is the to peak? Ask you, what is the most the, the ceiling you'd say about Cease's wins next year? Uh, I, I have no idea. Like I mean, 13, I, don't, I, I would think max. I don't agree because if he bounces back to pitching the way that he was. That team's horrible, though. Horrible. I know, but he can win games on his own doing that. So It just doesn't seem like I, I see many aces winning 15 games on terrible it's teams. Definitely, it's definitely a harder path to wins than Verlander. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Um, what did you think of Bueller? Round nine. You know. pick What pick? It's pick one. 31 did he return this year i honestly can't even remember if he no. made it back no he didn't he was he was close though like he'll yeah. definitely be ready he'll definitely be ready yeah 
and him and Bybee went back to back. That I think I think that's I don't know. I was thinking about which one I would rather have. I think I would rather have Bybee. I think I would rather have Bybee, but, but yeah, I but don't it's feel strongly. Yeah, I don't feel strongly either. I don't like I don't know what I think of it yet. I I yeah. really just I don't have a strong opinion on what where I'm at with Bueller coming back from Tommy John haven't thrown a pitch. But I do like the fact that I mean this will basically be almost two full years before he returns and I kind of like that. I I'm I'm more likely to be in on a guy who's 18 months removed as compared to the year they're coming back. Whenever yeah. you don't know when they're going to be back and they you know I just I think of Strasburg a lot whenever I think of that. And I remember Strasburg coming back from Tommy John after that rookie year and he had that full 18 months and he came back and you know whenever someone's just trying to get back at you know the control seems to be a little slow but I think whenever you've had a little more time I like it but this is Bueller's second Tommy John though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's his second. Yeah. I'd probably would have rather just kept waiting, but I yeah. don't. Uh, I don't have a problem with it either. That's the way I'd say it. All right. Anything? Uh, I guess we've already highlighted everybody else. Yeah, we've we've talked enough. So let's just take a quick break, and we're gonna come back and talk about your picks eleven through fifteen. All right, rounds 11 through 15 here. Andrew, you went Tommy Edmond with round 11. Jorge Soler at round 12. Paul Skeens at round 13. Chaz McCormick at 14. And Shane Baz at 15. You know, the first two picks here seem pretty ordinary to talk about, but those next three are all fascinating conversations. We got Skeens and Baz here. Major upside, but also a lot of uncertainty here. What what are your thoughts? What do you have to say about them? Yeah, I, I, really with those two, I've always I've always been a Boz guy. Um, I I like this. I love this cost. I'll I'll definitely be in uh, if he's going in round fifteen consistently. I'm not sure he will be, but uh, definitely in on that. And yeah, I mean, with Skeens, we all know, you know, generational talent, and it's pretty much just going to come down to when he comes up and health. I don't think that anybody doubts the stuff or anything like that. So I, I really like taking these pitchers that, I mean, Skeens is my, my SP4, Boz is my SP5. They both have risk. But I also feel like with Gallon, Yuri, Cease, Skeens, and Boz, I have five guys that could literally be like a top 25, 30 pitcher. And like when they're pitching, you know, and I'm not saying full season because who knows when Skeens will be up. I do think he'll be up early, but there's also some guesswork there. But I just the talent I'm just buying talent here, you know, it's, and I think they have tons of talent, both of them. So yeah, I'm definitely, uh, definitely in on, on both of them. We'll see, you know, how much of, I mean, it's not going to be like a hundred percent ownership thing or anything, but yeah, I'm, I'm like the prices 
Um, yeah, I just think they both have a ton of talent. It's fascinating to see Skeens go back-to-back with Kershaw in, in this draft. Yeah. And uh, to think about them two versus each other. And I'm sure some people would think you're crazy for that, but there's also a non-zero chance Kershaw just retires this offseason too. Right, right. So, yep. um, yeah, I, I, I don't remember if we were on air or not. We were recording one night, and I can't remember if it was after we finished recording we talked about Skeens or if we finished the podcast talking about him on the air, I, I can't remember. But, no, yeah, I don't. I don't think we've talked about him on the podcast. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we have. We started talking about him, and I got convinced that I'm definitely in on him. I love the idea of taking him in the round, like at the spot that you got him, or even a round or two earlier. Like, I really think I'm going to be in on Paul Skeens and the idea, just taking the chance of him coming back. And yeah, I'm I'm in agreement on bads too. I mean, I think that those are just, like you just said, you have five possible aces on this squad. And, you know, pitching is so volatile and you lose, like, one of them, one or two could even not work out for you and you've still got three possible aces on there. That's pretty awesome. I like it. And yeah, there's downside. But um, I'm yeah. I thought I, they're good prices. I admittedly, I admittedly with with pitching and and sometimes with hitting too. I just get sucked into the talent. I mean, I just I feel like these guys are as talented as basically anyone, you know. And then like guys you're using every single time they start. I mean, with Skeens, why? And maybe I'm missing something, but this is just always my mentality. I mentioned it about Tiedemann the other day. But why would Pittsburgh waste bullets with that guy in the minor leagues? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. He is their best pitcher right now. For sure. He is better than anybody on their roster today. And does that mean he's going to come up and dominate major league hitters? No. Does that mean that anything is guaranteed? No. I, I get all that. But you have this super talent. I just don't understand why you would waste bullets in the minors, give him a chance of getting hurt in the minors. I mean, if you want to build him up slowly or you don't want him to make 33 starts or whatever, I get that. But just have him in the major leagues helping you in some capacity, even if it's three, four inning outings. I mean, I don't want him to do that for fantasy purposes, but you know what I mean? Just from a real life perspective, like Paul Skeen should be in the major leagues on opening day. Yep. It's, it's as simple as that. And whether he is or not, I don't know if he will be. I think there's a chance he is. Yeah. The new rules, but he, but he should be because he's the best pitcher in that organization, the best pitching prospect in baseball. And, you know, arguably their best player from day one or close. It's just, it's just silly to have that guy down in double A AA or triple A, you know, the new rules really help for keep, keep getting guys like that up. It's worked the last year or two. And I think it'll work. For, I think good chance it'll work for him to where, yeah, yeah, I like it. what do you think of Chaz? Love it. Uh, I was going to circle back to that. I actually, while you were talking, I pulled open my notes for the guest to ADP because I knew Chaz McCormick was your guy and that you picked for me to do for for us to do for that. And I remember, oh, like going 
like shockingly high to you. Oh yeah, we did. We did higher than that, didn't we? I had. I him, think I, I guessed ninety eight. You had him. I think of like one eighty. I want to say we were that, pretty far that, off. I guess that would be. That's even higher. That's still higher than this. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, because this is this is about pick two hundred mm-hmm. or cl- close. Yeah. Yeah, looking at some of the like bats, the outfielders that went ahead of him. I mean, going up a couple rounds, I see uh, multiple, like, I'm taking him over quite a few, like, Quan, not even considering over him. Sawinski, Brandon Nimmo, I mean, Lars Newtbar, I'm taking him over every one of those guys, and that's going up two rounds. So, yeah, I'm definitely... Yeah, I I like it. I don't, um, I don't know. It was one of those where I, I did feel like it was a good pick, like they could easily return value, but I don't know if I love it as much as you, but yeah, I was happy with There's it. There's still risk. I mean, this is a pop-up rookie season, or was it a rookie You kind of do, no, he's pop-up been season, a couple, yeah. couple years. Yeah, definitely a, definitely a breakout season. You do kind of, though, in this area of the draft, you start seeing warts on guys, yes. you know, and like, so, yeah, I don't mind it, guy that just came off a big year, and the nice thing with him, and this would have been my issue with him in the past, obviously he was going way later than this, but after a season like that, you gain a lot of trust and a lot of leash with the organization too. Like Houston's, I mean, he's locked in now, mm-hmm. you know, and wasn't necessarily the case before this. So yeah, I felt pretty good about it. All right, let's go through the rest of what I'll say is the starters. That's round 16 through 23 because you start 23 guys. And round 16, uh, some guy named Jackson Holiday. Um, And then we go right after that with Junior Caminero. And then Alejandro Kirk at 18. Jordan Westberg at 19. Pete Crow Armstrong at 20. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi at 21, Alex Kirilov at 22, and your final starter is Austin Wells at 23. So, I mean, I think I said four, and actually it's five when whenever you count Austin Wells. That's five more really young bats here. Again, upside and risk. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I, I, I tell you, this with holiday too. Um, I don't, I don't know exactly when holiday will be up. I think it'll be fairly early, but Baltimore, I don't know. Maybe they'll slow roll them a little just because they've got so much talent. Maybe they won't too. I I think that could go either way, but I kind of viewed him as my middle infielder that I'll love once he's up and, I can kind of backfill later in the draft when he's not. So that was kind of my thought there. And I, and I feel, I just feel like in round 16, Jackson holiday, like he's not going to go here later in the off season. He's going to be, if I'm going to want Jackson holiday in March, you know, January, February, March, I'm going to have to take him in round 12 or round 10 or round eight. You know, it's just, he's not going down from this. So, yeah, I I kind of got to that point in round 16. I was going to take either him or Noel V. Marte, who went two picks before. And, yeah, just went with it. 
Um, Caminero, more, I, I feel better about him being up. Uh, one thing I like with Caminero, oh my God, Seeger just hit a game tying homer in the ninth. Really? Oh my God. Yeah. 5 5. Wow. Off Seawalt. Um, obviously, everybody listening is already already knows that, but just caught my attention. Uh, with Caminero, I think Caminero is a guy that, so he, he'll be third base eligible going into the season. But I think there's a chance that we get to June and he's like second base, shortstop, third base. I think he could move around a lot on this team. I don't think that there's anybody at these positions on the Rays. Like right now, I think Roster Resource has Brandon Lowe um, at second, Paredes at third, and I forget who they had at. Oh, no, it still shows Wander. At short. Um, so I and Caminero has played all those positions in the minor leagues. I, I just think that there's a, a pretty solid chance that this guy's gonna be multi eligible on top of you know being a, an elite hitter, young prospect, all of that stuff that should have plenty of opportunities. So yeah, I went young in this range, but I, I feel like all these guys are going to play. Westberg, second base, third base eligibility, which I like. Um, I don't love his upside, but I think he's going to be in there playing at least until, you know, injury or maybe if he struggles or eligible at corner, CIMI can move him around. So I like that. And, um, Pete Crow Armstrong in round 20. That was one where I feel like that one can really be boom bust. Like that one, like I said, I think he could be Michael Harris type, but there's also a chance he struggles and he's not even in the bigs. I think his defense probably keeps him there, but um, 20 homers and 37 steals this past season between – 20 homers and 39 steals, excuse me. So, um, yeah, really fantasy-friendly skills. We'll see what happens with the PT, but I definitely think he could return return value there. And, yeah, I like, I like Austin Wells a lot. He's a guy that I'm going to be targeting at catcher in this, in this range. I've always, I've always liked his skill set, and I always was kind of like wondering when he would be up, if he would have the catcher eligibility and all of that. And, you know, Yankee Stadium, left-handed bat, he walks, um, didn't have the greatest year, but I think he's going to play on that team. I mean, their catchers suck. They do right him. now. I, I don't know what the free yeah. agent market is, and that's where that I wonder if possible. they're going to bring yeah. somebody in. Yeah, that's possible. It's possible. But round 23, it's just worth it to me. So, You know, Holiday, you were saying that he, I agree with you. I want to circle back to him. I agree that he's going to move up in the draft, and I think – like, I don't have a problem with him in the 16th round, but I think if he keeps moving up, he's going to be one I'm going to be off of this year. And I I do agree. Like, it's not about the playing time as much. I just wonder about, like, how fantasy-friendly the, the tools are going to be in the in the or in these first few years of his career. He's st- I, I don't know. And maybe I'm looking too much at what he did this year in terms of the homers and steals and just, like, 
translating it to the bigs and thinking, I just, I just, I don't know. I've got hunch that it's not going to be superstar player by any means early. And I, and, yeah. And I'm, yeah, I could see, I could see that. He's still a good I, enough I hitter. Could. And, and the thing to give him credit for is if he's the hitter, we think he's going to be. And I, and I do think he's going to be a good hitter early. He's going to hit in a good spot in a great lineup. So there's that to say yeah. too. Um, yeah. You know, as we're finishing up here with your starters and moving into the reserve rounds, what are you thinking about your team at this point? And what do you feel you need out of the reserve rounds the most? At this point, I, I was feeling pretty good. I, I kind of kept getting sniped on catcher. Like one thing, well, not, I wouldn't call it sniped. I, I just was kind of missing the catchers that I wanted and was targeting. And like, I've typically in the past been a guy that I like getting a stud catcher. I don't have to get one, but I like getting one. Uh, I've even had builds in the past where I took two high catchers and, yep. and liked it. Um, and this one, I didn't do that. I got uh, Kirk in round 18 and Wells in round 23. And obviously it took a couple in the reserve rounds, but yeah, that, that was probably at this stage, my regret, but thinking of it more along the lines of like categories, uh, I've always kind of said, I, I don't feel like I'm probably the best at drafting batting average, but I don't feel like it's too bad. And I think I've got power and speed. So yeah, feeling pretty good about it at this point. Obviously, there's uncertainty with Skeens uh, and Boz, but you're also drafting more pitchers, you know? It's like, I don't mind having guys like that because so many of this, like, the thing with innings now is there are just so many or so less guys that throw a lot of innings. There was five guys this year that threw 200 innings. Yeah. Five. And I just kind of look at it like if you if I feel like you can give me 150 quality innings, I mean, it doesn't even not even necessarily exactly that, but I'm just saying that is like a baseline for, you know, like Tanner Bybee, he had a great season. He was from the day he came up, he was an SP2 and he threw 142 innings on the season. Like these guys have impact too. So I don't freak out as much about workload and stuff like that. I just, I know I'm drafting a lot of pitchers and yeah, I'm just, I'm not sitting like one of the guys that threw 200 innings this year was Miles Mikolas. He sucked the whole season. <laughs> you know what I mean? Modern it's just, day Jeff Supon. It's just, it's like, and it also doesn't mean he's going to throw, be the one that throws 200 next year. It's just – so, yeah, I, I'm like kind of just looking for talent. And obviously you want the, – the more innings, the better. And, of course, I'm thinking about that in certain spots. But I also want guys that like I know when they're in there, I'm pitching them, and I just feel so good about it. I'm not just rolling them out because it's like, oh, God, I got to put Miles Mikolas in because he's the one getting innings and he's just getting lit up, you know, or whatever. So – 
what's funny yeah. is when I look at your squad up to this point, I like thinking about the innings. I'm not really thinking about it as total season innings I and at-bats as much as I'm thinking he might be trying to fill slots a lot early in the year just because there's... Could be. The, uh, and I think of the beginning of the season more than the length of the season just because there's so many guys that I think could have question marks at the beginning of the year on your squad that early in the year, like in, as you're getting into these reserve rounds, I'm thinking... You need to get some guys that are you can count on to be like at bats and in. But see, but see, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though, and I, I'm with you. I, I get that. But when you get into the reserve rounds, how many guys? If you actually pan through these picks from like let's just call it round 24 on or 25 on, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, do the old guys are they like promised? You know, like there was a day when Fran Mel Reyes was promised at bats. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of older players. Like, younger players aren't promised at bats necessarily, but I'm not really sure older players are either. I think we need to get like this mindset kind of out, and I think it is out there. But, but like, you know, I mean, I I don't have a great example off the top of my head, but just thinking through it, it's like there's older players that you could sit there in your head and go, well, he's going to get it bad, but he's also 34 and not good. Yes. I, and then he might just not get it bad anymore. Yeah, they might. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you know what I mean? So I think that there's both of those. And I do think that a lot more teams are pushing these young guys mm-hmm. because they know that they're, the best players. And I like that. That's why we saw, you know, this whole season, it was like every week, this guy, this guy, this guy called up and people are bidding on him. Granted, you have to nail which ones those are and you want them for as long as you possibly can. But I, I, there was points in this draft where I would look at the older guy versus the younger guy. And I was just kind of like, man, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about his playing time. You know, even though he's supposedly locked in, even a guy like Stanton, oh, like we geez. talked, like we talked about. I mean, Stanton went around twenty four, and I know we're about to get to the that part, but, um, and I actually thought that was fine. I was, yeah. I, I was definitely interested. I, I was, I had him in my queue and everything. But I mean, I don't. I think there's a chance that Stanton's just like cooked, total guard. Yeah, just done. You know. Mm-hmm. So he, this could be the beginning and there's of other the Chris guys. Davis run for him. When I with those last couple of years for Chris Davis, or I think of the final Ryan Howard years, where you're just kind of stuck with him, and like that when I in a baseball organization, so he's going out there and playing and being terrible, but it's just they're stuck for a little bit. Yeah. All right, let's talk about your 24 through 30 here. Your first, I guess that would be seven reserve round picks. You took Chris Taylor in the 24th, Luis Severino in the 25th. Cade Horton, pitcher for the Cubs there, uh, 26th, 27th, Jordan Hicks, 28th, Jock Peterson, Zach Littell in 29, and Kobe Mayo in uh, round 30. Starting off Chris Taylor, I'm assuming that's solely for that multi-position eligibility, right? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, third base, shortstop, outfield going into the season. Had a pretty good year. 
not a guy that I want to lean on for an entire season, but a guy that I feel like I can move around um, a pretty good fit when you have like Holiday and Caminero and some of these other guys that, you know, I can just kind of use him where I need him and then hopefully at some point not have to use him at all. Yeah. That's that's the goal. But, you know, those players have value for that reason. Like you can you can move him around and he's definitely got a lot of eligibility, so that helps. As long as he's getting the bats. Like you were saying about yeah. these veterans yeah. that I mean, he could easily be that next one, but you just don't know and at least he's getting you multi position if he is playing. Right. Um right. not quitting Luis Severino yet, eh? And now much cheaper price. I should say that. 20, yeah. That's probably 20. Is that 20 rounds later than he was last year? What was his ADP? He was, I want to say around seven or eight. Maybe okay. he peaked at something like that. Maybe a little later. Um, yeah, no, around 25. I'm good with that. Yeah. I'm not saying I'll be all in, but worth I'm, a shot. I'm good with it. Yeah. Worth a shot. Uh, anything to, else to add on the other guys here? Um, Jordan Hicks is a free agent, so yeah. that's a guy who Hicks, could be a closer. Hicks was, uh, I know we had talked about, I kind of wanted Robert Stevenson as my third reliever. Uh, I've got just a little bit of a man crush on him, but he went the round before. I was kind of just looking through, and a lot of times with relievers, when they're not the set closer, I tend to just push them down, push them down, push them down, because... I always am looking at it like, is there somebody comparable? And when there is, I pivot to another position, another need. And with relievers, I always feel like I can find somebody else. So I'm pushing those guys down and down. With Hicks, though, I I think he's just one of those guys that wherever he goes, he's probably going to be in the conversation for saves, uh, aside from maybe the teams with like elite elite relievers but even then it's hard to be a two and stuff yeah I, I think he'll at least be like close to saves i guess um is the best way i can put it and yeah i think he's interesting in this range there's there's others that are too but yeah just what i went with there kobe mayo that was, you that was around 27 yep but kobe mayo your third baltimore oriole here like yeah in so the infield yeah, I had mentioned that. I, I So I drafted, and not to skip too much ahead, but I drafted um, Holiday, Westberg, Mayo, and I drafted Norby, um, round 36. And kind of my thought on that was they're, you know, between the four of them, they're second base, shortstop, third base, they're all young. They all have played well in the high minors and, you know, Westberg a little bit in the majors. But what I'm kind of hoping to get out of those four is to have like two, one, one definitely, and maybe two that are useful at all times throughout the year. And obviously, any of those guys, like even Norby, who I took last, if he's in the lineup for Baltimore, like he's a starter, you know, I, I mean, he's, there's a good chance he's a starter anyways. If he's bad, he's probably not in the lineup. So, um, I feel like I'll be able to use Mayo and Norby at different points. Um, you know, maybe like if Westberg gets hurt then Norby is up or one of them moves over and 
mayo's up, you know, stuff like that. So I kind of leaned into that and, um, yeah, I took four Orioles infielders. So, yeah, crazy. Uh, when I say crazy, I mean, it's just, it's, I, I, it's a lot of them, but I like the strategy of, you know, if one of the guys goes down, you've got, it's like handcuffing a running back. That's what it kind of feels like with what you're doing. Yeah, some people, some people do it with bullpens too Mm -hmm. in these, but the only thing that's tricky with that is for one, it's early in the off season. A lot of these Mm -hmm. bullpens are going to change, going to change. But if you do that, because I generally take about six relievers, um, you just got to be right. Like you got to make sure if, if for whatever reason you take four from the same team and you don't have the guy. I mean, that's obviously not ideal. So anyone else in these reserve rounds of this chunk, 24 through 30, it jumps out to you. Uh, I mean, Horton, I'll be curious. I think he hopefully be up soon and had a great, great season, like major breakout um, pitching prospect for the Cubs. So I think he'll be up fairly early. Was pretty dominant, but uh, yeah, not really. Littell was good too. One of those guys with I could see with the Rays potentially just outproducing everything you ever thought, just because that's what the Rays do. But and then yeah, Jock for power. I I always like. I feel like with Jock, it's always cut and dried. It's like playing yep. against righties. Don't play him against lefties. Yep. So, and there's room for guys like that in formats like this. What about other people, other picks made by other people at this kind of ch- stretch? Uh, so I've got a, I, I got one that jumped out to me. I'll start with. Go um, ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Looking. Dylan yeah. Cruz in round 29. I swear to you, that was the one I was going to say. Yep. Yeah. Dylan Cruz in round 29. You know, it's not like, man, there's a lot of possibilities with that one right there. I mean, it could be like Ellie and he comes up in May and he's a superstar and it's like, wow, that's a great pick. But it also wouldn't surprise me if he's not up till September. It's yeah, it's like, it's a very yeah, wide like, range. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't think, I don't think I'm going to be, not that I don't like him. I just, I, it's a Washington thing with me. I, that team sucks, man. <laughs> And I, I just don't think that they're going to, like, rush all these guys up. And I don't know. I could see it being a long time for him. Yeah. But if I'm wrong, like, if he's up early in the year, it's That's a good a pick for sure. Pick. Yeah, it could, it could definitely be. Um, could definitely be good. I just – Washington's just so far from competing. I don't know. I don't – I just don't really I, – I don't feel like running out to grab their – prospects and expecting them to be up early is is the right thing at least not right now but i mean we'll see tyler black's another one that went around 28 and i'm i like tyler black i have him in our rm2 dynasty league and i'm like "Ah, i just don't know when that guy's gonna be up yet that seems a little early for me for a guy i'm just not too confident it's gonna be up early in the year i hope i'm wrong what'd you think about uh what'd you think about aj smith shaver in round 25 and Alec Manoa in round 28. <laughs> uh, Alec Manoa. I mean, between him and Severino, I kind of feel like it's the same thing. So, well, I mean, two guys that were just absolute messes. At least Severino still, I think, had his velocity. Um, 
So maybe I shouldn't say the same thing. I don't like I I'll tell you this, Manoa went the same round as Steven Matz. I think I'd rather have Steven Matz. Yeah, I would. I think I'd put I, say it that way. I, I I was right there when I picked Jock. I was Matz was right there, like mm-hmm. second or third in my queue. Yeah. Yeah. I could have went. I could I think the reason I went Jock was because I had just taken three pitchers yeah. and was trying to mix in a bat, but yeah, I easily could have taken Matt. You know, and the bats we talked about. Right we've up. talked about Matt's. So. Um, and I don't. Yeah, I, I'll I'll admit I I thought it was I thought it was early on Manoa, even though it's round twenty eight. I don't know. I just it could pan out. But what about Smith Schauber? What we, like I don't really uh, have a strong I li- opinion I, there. Yeah, I liked him, and I liked him because of what I kind of said last week with Waldrop. I think there's going to be an opportunity at least for him to get into the rotation. And if you've got the Braves three, four or five starter at this price, it's huge. Mm-hmm. So yeah, any of those, those back end Braves guys, as long as I'm convinced they have talent, which he does, mm-hmm. I, I'm in on basically all of them. I'm basically in on all of them. Yeah. There's upside. That's for sure. Okay, let's go through 31 through 40 here. Uh, you took C.J. Crone with the 31st round. Uh, Hurston Waldrup, 32. Joan Rojas at 33. Uh, Will Smith, that would be the Texas reliever, not the Dodgers catcher in round 34. G. Juan Bay at 35. Connor Norby, who we talked about, 36. Jacob Junis, 37. Uh, speaking of the guy earlier, Robbie Ray at round 38. Christian Betancourt at 39 and Matt Shaw at 40. Uh, Waldrop, I don't even want to touch because we just talked about him last week. If you really want to hear Andrew's thoughts on him, if you haven't listened, go listen to last week's episode. He talked about Waldrop and thought process there. I'm I'm totally on board with that pick. Uh, I really like the Bay pick for the late speed. I wanted to bring that one up. I just I I was surprised he went this late. I I guess he did get dinged up and was hurt but he's a good source of speed for the in the 30s yeah he's i'm glad you like it i don't know how i feel, you didn't feel I good? Was, not really i mean the thing with him i so i did it because dual eligible second base outfield yeah i like that flex and the speed for sure you know it's it's anytime you can get like late picks with speed potential on bad because if if it gets to be like the end of the year you can just throw them in if you need steals and but man i just i just don't know if he's any good like i, I i'm thinking about just as a play a mm-hmm. baseball player and i just i uh i had this conversation with gabe when i traded for him in rm3 and it was because i needed steals and then he got hurt kind of fell apart but you don't, yeah, you don't just, want those guys. He's to be like on one good of those teams. guys. Yeah, but but he's also one of those guys that I don't I don't even know how much I trust his playing time on on Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like I just I don't know. But it's round thirty five. I mean, all these guys have warts. I mean, Wander Franco went two picks later, ironically, and I don't think he's gonna play a game. So I mean, it's fine. It just it wasn't my favorite pick, but it's fine. Man, Wander Franco and Adalberto Mondesi and 
going two picks apart there. That's kind of an interesting little group to look at there. Uh, Robbie, I mean, would you would you draft Wander Franco? Like no, at all? I don't think I would. I, I I don't think if it was round fifty, I would even take it. No, I I just feel like it's a, and that that's the thing is some people will say, oh well, it's round fifty, why not? It's but it's also a roster spot. Yeah. Like, and if you if you're just burning a roster spot, which in my opinion, that's what you're doing. Yeah, I don't think there's hardly any chance he's. Up. Yeah, it's just I don't want to. I don't want to use picks like that, you know. Now, I mean, I may have, I may have a prospect or two that I drafted that doesn't play in the majors. I'll fully admit that, but I, they at least have a shot to. And I just don't think Wander's going to be back. Now we've talked like we don't have to go into this debate right here, but we were talking about that in the RM2 chat, and I, I like, I don't remember if it, who we we're comparing him with, but I mean, I would take Trevor Bauer. I think there's a chance he could be up, but oops, I just shut my draft board but i'm yeah i think it's more likely bauer is than yeah uh, where did where did bauer even go i forget i accidentally just closed the board He's... so i'm trying to open it back up uh around 34 yeah he went like a round before okay that. yeah bauer and degrom went back to back we were talking about oh that that's too. right that's what it was yeah. Bauer versus degrom and which one you yeah. take yeah um okay so robbie ray when did he have surgery like when's he projected back may May third. Okay, so he's a surgery. He's probably a second half. Um, yeah, I'll admit i I wouldn't take him there again. I would wait. I mean, it was around thirty eight. It's not the end of the world, but yeah, I would wait. Yeah, a little bit longer, just because how long he'll be out, mostly, or yeah, mostly. Yeah, I like I've said before, I I don't love like taking these guys that. I automatically know they're out half the season. Yeah. Um, I do think, you know, it's pretty clear that he could help me in the second half, but some of these guys don't come out and have it either. I mean, uh, yeah. a, a good example of that is John Means. People drafted John Means thinking they'd get him in, you know, August, September, and they really, I mean, they got a couple starts in September and they weren't much. Even good. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, that was kind of how I felt about that one. Matt Shaw, 40th round is late. Uh, you know, do you think he's up in the first half? You're the Cubs fan. You know more about this team than me. Uh, it's trick. It's tricky because They've got I just guys. don't know. It. Yeah, I just don't know exactly where he'll play, but I think he's talented enough to be. Yeah, I like it. Be be curious. I mean, if there's an injury to Horner or Swanson, I think it's clearer and. He definitely could be, but he could also just be a guy that is like second half guy. I mean, not really sure, but yeah, everything sounds good on him. So yeah, I like the pick. I like him. I like the pick. Fortieth round. That's. A I tell pick. you what, one one that pissed me off in this draft was in round so round thirty nine. I took Betancourt as my third catcher, which whatever. I mean, these catchers down here all suck, anyways. You mm-hmm. know, but. And I was looking at Max Meyer and thinking, like, man, I'm, I'm like looking into Max Meyer, you know, because like when he holy was, geez, he went in the 40th round, and he went in the 40th round, yeah. Oh and my I gosh! Sw- and I swear, 
I was like close to taking him there. And then, but like I said, this is the wild, wild west. There's, there's pitchers all over the place that are just like, you know, going, I mean, I would have guys in my queue for tons of rounds, you know, and then they, they would just still be in my queue. Um, partially because I put too way too many people in my queue, but (laughs) yeah, he was in there and I was really thinking about him and then he went and I was like, damn it. You know, (laughs) like I was just. That was an aggravating. Like, where do you think his ADP finishes the offseason at? Max Meyer. Just give me a number. Um, uh, I would say like maybe 10 rounds higher than this. Yeah. Like 30. I'm, round 30. I'm, I was thinking 400 to 420 overall, which is like the late 20s. Maybe maybe the 30s gets in there. Yeah. At like, and I'm like, man, round 40. And again, it goes back to like you just said, Wild West, no ADP, no rankings yet. He and if you're looking at rankings for 2022, he's not there because he was out. Yeah, wow. yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I knew he was there. It's um, yeah. just hoping he just keep not the, dipping down a little. Farther. Not the clear, not the clearest path to him starting no. a ton and all that. But yeah, it's it's a good pick. It, I definitely like the pick. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, anybody else made by anybody else you want to highlight? Or I mean, that was a good little one there before we move into the fourth lot. Uh, not that I, not that I noticed one, one that I forgot to mention was when I took Cade Horton in round 26, I got sniped the pick before on John Gray. I was taking John Gray. There. I like John Gray. You, we've long and round, about John Gray, and not that I, yeah, and not that obviously John Gray, Kate Horton, very different, but yeah, I I like John Gray in round twenty six quite a bit. I'm a so big believer that whenever nothing's bothering John Gray, he's a really good pitcher. Anything bothers him for a bit, he might be a wreck for about three weeks. But when, yeah, that's kind of the, what it's I, a cheap, a lot cheaper price, and yep, obviously good team. I think you can kind of squint and see it like coming together with workload and quality. So yeah, I like, I like John Gray there for sure. That was, that was a direct snipe in round 26, the pick before me and I couldn't believe it. <laughs> had to, uh, had to mention it cause it threw me. All right. Your final 10 picks here, your end game guys, Will Warren at 41, Eric Lauer at 42, Nick Prado, 43, Robbie Snelling, Garrett Crochet, the long guy who I kind of associate with you at 45, Cade Cavalli at 46, Ryan Weathers, 47, Renee Pinto, 48, Colin Ray, 49, and Yuli Matsui at pick number 50. So your end game, guys, who do you want to highlight from this group? Uh, man, I still like Crochet, man. I was <laughs> yep. thinking about when it got to round 45, it's like, obviously you're just taking flyers, but I could see him getting saves on the White Sox. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's super talented and going to be healthy. So yeah, I, I liked that one quite a bit. Um, I actually really love my relievers in this draft. I was really, really, I think that's my favorite part of the team. Um, just getting the two that I am confident are going to get saves. And then to me, Jordan Hicks and Will Smith 
which I didn't really mention, but Will Smith in round forty or thirty-four. Yep. I though Jordan Hicks and Will Smith are going to be close to saves yep. if they're not getting if they're not getting them. So I kind of look at it like I may have a third between those two, and even like let's say Kenley falls apart. I may have a second between those two. And generally in these draft and holds, you really only need like one and a half to two yep. because so many teams, like they end up not having any. Uh, so you don't need as many saves to compete. But, um, and then, yeah, I was really happy to get Crochet and Matsui in the last round. Um, but yeah, really at the end, I'm just mostly wanting to take pitchers. I feel like the pitcher flyers, generally speaking, at the end. I mean, historically, they pay off better than hitter flyers do at the end. So I tend to, I mean, I could probably do a draft where I have all my hitters by like round 34 Mm -hmm. and then just take 16 pitchers at the end or something, you know, crazy. But um, I didn't quite do it that way. But yeah, a lot of pitchers at the end, and you know, just covering positions mostly. I I like to have four eligible at every position, um, as many as I can at outfield. I actually have quite a few that qualify at outfield from this draft. I forget the exact number, but yeah that's that's pretty much it just filling that in and getting some arms that i think are talented and see what happens so your first draft is complete what are your thoughts on your first team overall um i'm i'm happy with it i i feel like i covered pretty much everything um it's always hard with some of the young guys just knowing exactly how the innings will shake out. But like I said, I don't, I mean, guys aren't throwing as many innings now anyways, you know, and if I can get quality, I took 24, that was my split. I meant to mention that, um, 26 hitters, 24 pitchers, which I usually do 26, 24 or 27, 23. Um, just depending on position eligibility for my hitters. But I like to take 24 pitchers if I can. And, um, yeah, you just hope they aren't all hurt at the same time. When I when I drafted this team last year, my first draft, that was the draft where all my pitchers got hurt. Oh, yeah. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that's not the case. But sometimes that happens, you know, and your team's just dead. But, yeah, I like it overall. I feel like I got – good mix of talent and locked in production and yeah, we'll see what happens. What do you think? You're not going to hurt my feelings. What do you think? I think that this is a team that might like it, a lot of blow up in terms of good. And, um, can you have enough at bats and innings in the early part of the year is my biggest question about this team. When I look at it in terms of, there's just a lot of questions on who's going to be up. It could be slow. Like if you, especially if you have a couple unexpected injuries to guys that right now seem pretty safe, which yeah, you, I, I don't think your depth at the early part of the season is going to be this great thing. So that's going to tell a lot of the story. But you also, 
if things go right, this could be one of those just absolute blow up good, like incredible teams. Like there's so many guys that are a lot of upside that could be great from day one that right now, well, like if, if we knew they were going to be up playing day one would be going so much higher. So, yeah, um, I uh, like, I could see a swing on that in that. I like that you got the two closers early. I like the, I like a lot of those kids that you took, especially, I mean, I, I love the idea of schemes and bass. And I, I, I really like that. I like Camonero. I like like a lot of the youngsters that you did take. So yeah, I th- I think it's a good I think it's a fun squad. Yeah, thanks. I I agree with that too, pretty much. I mean, if if I have an injury to say Goldschmidt mm. or somebody that's I'm really counting on that that could definitely hurt. Yep. So yeah, well uh We'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm curious. I just I do like that. I don't have to. I don't feel like I have to gamble too much on saves. You know, like no. I've got my. I feel really good about that part of it because it's just not. It's just not fun for me to have to. And like I said, there's nothing better than hitting on a a guy in round forty that winds up being the closer. But oh man it's you just can't count on that you know if you're if you're like solely counting on that for your saves it's just it's just tough i i just don't like it so i'd rather i'd rather do it this way and like if kenley winds up blow by the way i i think there is a chance that kenley just falls apart completely um and that pick looks terrible i i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised at all but um you know, that's why you draft the depth with it, like getting Duvall even ahead of him and having some other guys that I think could get saved. So, yeah, just try and fill everything, you know. It's, it's tough. What do you think you'll do different going forward now that you've got a draft underneath? Uh, the first thing that I thought of that I know I had mentioned to you is get in on the catchers earlier. I – I kind of went through and I just didn't know, and this is my own fault, um, but I just wasn't completely processing the catcher drop-off, like where it was, how I felt about it, um, who was going to go where. I I didn't really think about it until it was too oh, late. Yeah, that 9 through 11. There are yeah, so I'm, I'm going to just read it. I'm just going to read it for the listeners real quick. Uh, Adley went at the end of round three. JTR and Will Smith in round four. And then the next one was William Contreras late in round six. And then we go all the way to round nine. And in this order, Sean Murphy, Sal Perez, Cal Raleigh. Round 10, Yaner Diaz, Francisco Alvarez. And then round 11, William uh, Wilson Contreras, Logan O'Hoppy, and Bo Naylor, and then Jonah Hyman round twelve, Garver round thirteen, Moreno round fourteen. I was thinking about Moreno that round. That was when I took Chaz, um, but it just kind of kept going and going. Like I, I was thinking about Yainer when he went, um, even Francisco Alvarez. I like the, I like these guys, um, but I didn't. It was like one of those things I was actively thinking about it and then I'm trying to fill other spots and next thing I knew I'm just staring at a bunch of 
catchers that I didn't really love. So I just kept pushing them down, you know, which I think it's an okay strategy. I mean, I, That's usually I've heard one some I people do. say, yeah, I've heard you know, another one I actually like that I kind of wanted was uh, Campusano in round 17. I like that one a lot. Um, and, you know, there's other guys. It's not that you can't win getting later catchers. I mean, I think Kirk and Wells, where I got them, could be totally fine. But I do kind of like getting that um, – just getting that stable, reliable guy up at the top because – Right or wrong, I feel like I can always find a middle infielder, a corner infielder, uh, this, that, an outfielder, a starter. Like they're easier for me to draft in like round 32. Yep. You know, than a catcher breakout. You know, it's just good luck. I mean, they're just. They're just hard to find. It's similar to saves. Maybe, you know, everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. Maybe maybe pegging a late catcher is mine. I don't know. But I've had yeah, good luck over the years kinda... pegging a late catcher. So I think that's why I typically don't go early. But as I look at this right here, and I'm really studying, like, looking at catcher for the first time, yeah, I think I'm going to want to try to get one of those chunks from 9 to 11. Like, I don't think I want to get one of the three, like, those big three early. But I think that second tier there, I think I'm yeah. going to want to get one of those as I'm looking. Because what I'm looking afterwards, I'm like, yeah, that makes me a little uneasy. I'm not seeing a lot of those guys that I want to take two of. So, yeah. I, yeah. Th- I think round 9 through 11, I'm going to be looking to take a catcher. Or it, it may move. They may move up as we get like further into the offseason. But, yeah, it, it, let's just say 8 through 10. Let, let's just hypothetically say that. and. Yeah, I think I'll be trying to get one. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun range for sure. So there we go. We got our first draft uh, in the board or on the board. You got your second one already going on. Where did you say you were in this one already? Like second round? Uh, we're in the second round. Yeah, yeah I'm on the I'm on the wheel for this one. Uh, picks 15 and 16, and I, I've just made the two picks. I took Harper and Jordan at the turn wow that's a lot of power right there yeah there's a lot of power wow yeah it's a fun turn yeah that is so uh we're going to be back next week we're going to talk about continue our division talk we got the al central up next so get ready we're going to talk i mean got all kinds of royals questions to be talking about for an hour and a half or maybe maybe we'll mix in the other teams too but um that's all i got Thank you all for listening, and until next week, take care, everybody. Yeah, take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us baseball365pod at gmail.com and if you like the show take a moment rate us on iTunes once again please join the baseball365 community on Facebook that's where baseball lives 365 days a year 